Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast. Today, I want to get into um, an investigation I recently just went on. It was at the dollhouse in Greensburg, Indiana. And it was kind of interesting. I had some things happen to me there that haven't really happened in the past to me to the extreme that they have. Um, in my opinion, the jury is still out on the place. There definitely is some kind of activity there, but I'm not quite sure what is going on there for some reasons that I will lay out here in this podcast. Now, I want to keep this podcast fairly short, just for the mere fact for last week's podcast went very long. And it was my, if those of you have listened to that podcast, it was my conversation with Keith Linder. It was an excellent podcast and I didn't want to break it up. So it ran about an hour and 40 some odd minutes in total. If you listen to it, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. He gave us a lot of information and sharing his side of the story. I thought it was fascinating. Let me know what you think about that podcast, about this podcast episode. I'm always looking to uh, hear from the listeners. If you follow this podcast, just be sure to reach out, say hi. I want this to be um, interactive. I want to get to know my listeners. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, reach out. Tell me. Um, Be sure to follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. That is the best place to reach me. Or you can also reach me at the contact us page of philsams.com. That is where all the show notes for the every podcast episode happens to be located. Uh, also, you can email me directly at ghostofthenightpodcast at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me, really. Um, but follow me on Twitter because we do do some updates on the podcast. I will give you a idea of what are up some of the upcoming episodes are going to be. If we have an interview or whatever or a story to share, I will update Twitter and that is how we'll keep you informed of what is going on in the world of this podcast. The Dollhouse in Greensburg. Um, like I said, I had some really interesting things happen to me there. You know, it's kind of complex and I'll try to explain it to the best of my ability. I hope it comes out. I get my point across really. Um, I'm not going to get into a lot of the evidence per se, just for a matter of fact, because I'm still going through all the audio. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to keep this episode a little shorter because of the length of last week's episode. Wanted to, you know, get you guys out the door a little bit earlier than normal, but still give you an idea of what happened at this location. So, get there. I walk in the door. Um, there's, uh, the I guess, one of the owners of the house or the person who gave the kind of walk around, a walk through, I should say, and the stories of it. And this is important because I want to kind of tie in here in a little bit. Now, walked in, it's a very, very small home, um, four rooms, probably four equal size rooms, maybe two, I didn't measure, but two seemed to be maybe a touch bigger, the kitchen and main living room, and then two rooms off to the right as you walk in, which probably were bedrooms of some sort. Um, but there were, it was small. There was probably six of us there. I was there with the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers. We spent, for, we were there from about 
8 o'clock at night till roughly 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock the next morning. We had a lot of investigation time in a small area, so we could hit every room and do everything we can. But I walk in, and I get this heavy feeling when I walk in. Now, I'm not a sensitive or an empath. I, you know, I do get pick up on some things every now and then. You know, it might just be indigestion. I don't know. But I walk in, there's this heavy feeling. And this is the main living room area. There's, you know, four heaters because it's cold outside. It's probably around 12, 13 degrees at the, this particular evening. I walk in, I don't, I don't feel well. I don't feel comfortable in this particular room. I'm looking around, I'm scanning through the room. You know, there's all these dolls, hence the name of the dollhouse. Um, all these artifacts of some sort, and we get there, and the young lady that was kind of showing us around, you know, she wanted to tell us some stories. I said, fine, you know, whatever. Now, a lot of these items that are in three of the four rooms, the fourth room's a kitchen, but three of the four rooms have dolls, other items that they have brought in, and some of them are supposedly haunted or they have a spirits attached to them, and they keep some in cases, you know, but it ranges from dolls to books to pictures, a wardrobe that's came from her home, I believe, from her grandparents' home, I, sh- I should say, that has some attachments attached to it. I'm not completely sure how haunted items work, honestly. I'm, I guess I should say, in my mind, the jury's still out. I would love to have a expert on to enlighten me and others about how that exactly works because I don't quite understand you know if a spirit is attached to a particular item great but do they move around I would think they would move around I wouldn't I don't believe spirits are generally confined to one particular area personally I could be wrong but once again it's the paranormal who knows so she proceeds to tell us the stories of all these dolls in all three in three of the rooms. Um, in the main room, they have one called Hell in the Basket, which is a doll sitting in like a car seat type thing. I posted a picture on YouTube and Instagram, I believe, the night of while I was at the investigation. Um, story behind this one, you know, it's enclosed in a case with other dolls. They came from one particular owner. She had, she got rid of them because they gave her all kinds of trouble, apparently. Her car wouldn't start, her transmission went out, other scenarios, negative scenarios, I should say, happened to her. So she got rid of them and they came into the possession of the people who operate this particular location. They have a, looks like a photo album or photo journal from Waverly, which has been known to pages have been known to turn or end up on a different page they always keep it on one particular page but that's kind of stuff they had a bunch of dolls and there's stories i mean they you know they brought haunted supposedly haunted items in to enhance the appeal of the place i suppose i guess i'm not big on it um but at least it stuck with a theme. It's the dollhouse, so they brought haunted, supposedly haunted dolls in. Now, let's get back to this room. I immediately felt 
eerie. I didn't want to be in that particular room. It's what I'm going to call the living room. I didn't know what, I just didn't want to be in that room. And after the tour was over and she, and she left and we, you know, we're preparing for our investigation. I looked at the people around. I said, I don't like this room. I don't want to be in this room. I couldn't breathe. It was, I don't want to say it was, it was heavy breathing. It was like I could not breathe. Like somebody was pushing on my chest to get me out of the room. Now, generally, I would think, you know, hearing the haunted stories of all the dolls in the room, you know, that could cause my mind to play tricks on me and, you know, cause those symptoms that I was having. Now, but I felt that way before I even heard any of the stories. So I'm going to bypass that and just say, I don't know what it why I felt that way. Now it didn't happen all night. It didn't wasn't that way the entire evening. It just was for probably the first hour to two hours of the investigation is how I felt in the room. To me the room's mood changed. I don't I mean I don't know. Was I picking up on some spirit that did not like me in that room? Possibly. Was it just my body adapting to the EMF that was in that room? Now we checked it. It was those heaters were putting out a, each room had a heater. They were putting out a pretty good amount of EMF. It was pretty consistent throughout the whole house. The, and the further you got away from the heaters, the let, naturally, the less EMF was there. Um, but I felt it in the room, no matter which part of the room I was in. I, I don't know. So we start the investigation. We do some EVP work. Um, like I said, I will do a video about, you know, what we find, but I haven't completely went through and analyzed all the audio yet. Once I get it all done, I will put together a YouTube video and put it out there of whatever we caught. And if we didn't catch any, I know for a fact we did get a few EVPs. I can think of two that I know of as of right now, but like I said, I haven't went through all the evidence just as of yet. We did some ghost box sessions. Now, the ghost box sessions were extremely interesting for the main reason that every time I do a ghost box session, it seems we always get the word Satan. Happened at Ross Opera House, happened here again. So take that for what it's worth. You know, do or is a spirit coming through trying to intimidate us? Possibly. I'm, I'm going to go with that. I don't believe Satan was at Ross. I don't believe Satan was there. But it was interesting. The young lady did tell us that, you know, there was rumors that this house and some of the other homes in this particular street on this particular street were maybe used as a brothel, which was interesting. On some of the ghost box sessions, we got some interesting responses that could be, you know, some dirty responses, essentially, that, you know, which in a, in a place that was actually a brothel one time would make sense. So that was that was intriguing. In one session, especially the session with Satan, or the Satan, I should say, um, response, um, we also got the name Cindy, and she said she died in the home. But in one of the sessions, one of the members of the team who has is an extremely sensitive person, they can pick on, pick up on spirits. Felt like they got grabbed and touched, and and it really startled them. It was interesting. Then they felt something sinister or something dark in the kitchen which was right next to us so naturally my dumb ass said you know what there's something dark in the kitchen let me go in there and uh investigate ask some questions let's draw it out if there is something sinister in that particular 
kitchen at that particular time. Went in there, didn't get much. Uh, I didn't feel heavy in that room. And that, you know, looked that the kitchen looks into the room that I didn't like at all in the beginning. And, I, you know, I kind of went in there, didn't get any responses. We heard a knock before I went in. And that was one of the reasons why I went in. You know, he was picking up on something in the kitchen. We heard a bang. I went in. I don't know whether it just didn't want to communicate with me. Quite possibly, possibly because it wasn't going to intimidate me. Because I do believe if they if they're trying to intimidate you, and if they're using the word Satan coming in a ghost box, they're trying to intimidate you. And if they don't feel they can intimidate you, they're not going to show themselves or give you what you want or validate their presence at the time. I left the room. Somebody else went in. Not much happened after that in that particular area. And about three o'clock, you know, they say the witching hour three o'clock is when activity ramps up. About three o'clock, shut off like a faucet. The house went dead. Really didn't get a lot. We didn't get any responses on the ghost box. Um, the whole mood of the house changed. It lightened up. That room, you know, I was extremely comfortable that room at that point. So, it, whatever, if something was there, whatever it was, call it, call it a night. And so, for the next three hours, basically, didn't get anything. Uh, it was, it was interesting, but we didn't get anything at all. So I don't, you know, I, this place perplexes me. I don't know exactly. I feel something's there, and I think it warrants more investigation. Now, are these items haunted? I don't know. Are they just trying to build up their credibility and add to the experience of people that go and investigate there? Yeah. But does that have a negative effect, essentially? Does expressing how we've brought in haunted items. Does that play on our emotions? I talked about this in a prior episode, how when something happens and you're expecting something to happen, does your brain automatically go to that? You know, so I personally wouldn't want, you know, those particular items to be brought in. Now, if it's item with item with the house, absolutely. But to bring in other items just for the sake of bringing in items, I'm not, I'm do what you got to do, but it's not, I would prefer to feel and document the energy in the house as it should be, not with the extra items coming in that may have attachments. I don't know. Um, nothing really happened. You know, some of the items were, dolls were supposedly supposed to move. We didn't get any moving movement. Um, the, that photo journal page didn't turn i checked it periodically through the night nothing but you know it was interesting i think there's something there but i'm just not i'm not ready to shut the door on and say it's a waste of time i do believe something's there i just don't know completely what it is or to the extent of it at this particular time might i think we might even head back or i might head back myself um i don't know we're gonna have to play this one by ear like i said i will put Whatever evidence I get, once I get through it all, I will make a YouTube video for that location and put it up on YouTube. So be be on the lookout for that. 
Now, one thing that did happen that was very, very interesting, and it kind of, I don't want to say freaked me out, but it it got me saying, hmm, this is interesting. Now, I told you about the doll they called Helen in the Basket and how the uh, previous owner of that particular item had some issues that would play tricks on her and it would have affected her car, which, you know, could the car, could it be a coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. That was my original thought. You know, your transmission goes out in your car. It's out, maybe it's because it's old, not because you have a Honda doll. Um, so I didn't put much credence in it when she told that story. However, like I said, that night was cold. So at 6 o'clock or 6, 6.30, whatever, we went out, warmed up the car, you know, let it warm up because it was, by that time, it was probably in the single digits or right around 10 degrees. Nice breeze, so it was cold out. We're getting ready to leave, packing up, load the car up. The car's been running for a while. There, At this time, three people had left. There's three of us still there. All three of us are in our own vehicle. We get in our cars, and we're kind of, I'm last. We're parked on the street. I'm last on the street. And they're going to follow me out because I'm, you know, for some reason, I, I don't know. They said, we'll follow you out. So we're sitting there. I wanted to go to Speedway because I was starving, needed to get something to eat. So I was kind of waiting for them. I thought maybe they'd go to Speedway, then let me take the lead. We were sitting there. I'm like, we sat there for a good three, four minutes. I'm like, okay, we need to go. So I put it in reverse and kind of back, start backing up to give me room to get around the vehicle in front of me. And I put my foot on the brake and I'm, I sit there for another second. I'm like, and all of a sudden, my car just goes dead. It shuts off. And I'm like, you know, this is a 2012, only has about 50,000 miles on. Have no issue, had no issues with it, this vehicle thus far so i'm like whoa okay and then i'm sitting there thinking okay the lady who had the dolls before had some car issues i'm like okay i'm gonna be pissed if my transmission goes out on the way home i got about an hour and 10 hour and 15 minute drive home i'm gonna be extremely pissed if it's six o'clock in the morning on a saturday my transmission goes out and i'm an hour and hour and a half away from home but you know it was interesting you know it's probably a coincidence May probably just happened because it was cold, but it was made it interesting that the lady who owned those sets of dolls in that cabinet had car issues. So maybe the doll doesn't like cars. I don't know. I didn't provoke. I didn't try to do any provoking, you know, with that particular doll, or I didn't do any provoking at all that evening. But it was interesting. Was it a coincidence? Most likely. But it just it adds to the story. I don't know. I don't know what's there. If you've investigated this location, if you found something, let me know. Because there has been reports of poltergeist activity, doors opening and closing, um, a lot of shadow figures. But I didn't see any shadow figures. Um, did hear some noises. EVP, I know we got one really good EVP and some other ones I really have to look at a little or listen to a little bit more. But it's, it was an it was an interesting location. I don't know what to make of it. Yes, like like I said earlier, there's something there. I'm not sure what it is. Do I think it's evil or do I think demonic? There's supposedly some demonic a doll there with a demonic attachment. Maybe. I mean, but I didn't feel threatened, especially in three of the four rooms. That one room, I don't even want to say I was threatened. I just didn't feel like I was uncomfortable in that room. And that went away. So I don't know. It's like I said, it perplexed me. I don't.
just don't know what to make of this location. But if you've had an experience with this location in Greensburg, hit me up on Twitter, send me an email, or go to the website, the contact us page, philsams.com, and let me know what you experienced at this location. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I will go back and follow up. I will analyze all the evidence. And if I get anything really, really good, like I said, I'll put a YouTube video up. So be on the lookout look out for that. While you're there, go ahead and subscribe to that. You can always find the show notes for every episode and past episodes on philsams.com. You can get to the YouTube page from there. You can get to our Facebook page from there. You can get to the Twitter account from there. So that's a great launching point for all our social media and to find all of our content. Leave us a comment and leave us a review. However you take in this podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, whatever, please leave us a review. It'll help with improving the uh, rankings. That way we get the word out and get more viewers and get more listeners. I greatly would appreciate it, so be sure to leave a review. If you have a story that you want to share, any encounter with the paranormal, what I don't care what it is, whether it's a ghost, whether it's a cryptid, or just a situation you have been in and you don't completely understand, send me an email at ghostinthenightpodcast at gmail.com or go to philsams.com to the contact us page. Tell me your story. I will share it on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following us on Twitter. We get new followers every day. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you. The YouTube subscriptions are going up. Thank you if you've subscribed to the YouTube channel. Thank you if you've followed me on Twitter, liked anything on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. You can get all the links to that in the show notes of this page at philsams.com. So, till next week, take care, everybody. 